and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker. Justin, how are you today? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I see your printer is doing fantastic back there. Oh, this old thing? Oh, this old thing. Yes, yes. Straight from the uh, the offices of, we won't say where you work. <laughs> There's a lot of stalkers out there. You know, a lot of people trying to, I, I get DMs every week. Where does Justin work? I really want to go see him. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I'm sure plenty of people that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, today's show. You know, we're we're rapidly approaching trade deadline. Like we are here, right? We're we're what uh, two two and a little and a few weeks away. I think it's trade deadlines on a Friday, if I remember correctly. I think it's March the eighth. Yes, it is a Friday. So we're uh, I guess we're two weeks and three days away from that trade deadline day. And you know, I think it's there's been a few moves already. We've seen uh, some. Some Calgary Flames dealt, but a lot more left to go, and uh, and I I think you know we we want to just take eh, ten to twelve players that uh, we kind of see as the most significant potential moves here at the deadline, and let's talk about where we think they're going to go. Uh, what's already out there as far as uh, some rumors uh, to what teams are interested in. Uh, we know though that. You know, there's certain teams that seem to be always involved in everything, and their names are just going to be on every single player. And obviously, the the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Rangers are not going to get 12 new players to populate their team. So, uh, we'll kind of give our our thoughts on where they'll go and if they'll be traded at all. There's a few names on this list that I think, you know, could be their potential trade players, but maybe not. Uh, so, why don't we start with Calgary Flames? They seem to be the hottest ticket out there right now. Uh, and you know they still have uh, Tanev and Hannafin and Markstrom are probably the three biggest names that will get potentially moved by the Flames. At least two of those three. What do you think? Where where are we going? Let's start with the easy one. Let's start with Tanev because he's he has the lowest salary of the three, four and a half million. He's a thirty four year old. He does have a no trade clause, but it limits him to ten teams. So and and he obviously doesn't have a problem playing in Canada as he's played for freaking every Canadian team. So I, well, let's start with Tana. Where where are you thinking? Yeah, you said the easiest one, right? I think even though he might be the easiest salary to move, he's going to be the hardest to predict just because. Uh, for me, he he's a guy that I think every team could use, right? Um, I mean, for one thing, he's a right-handed shot. Every team wants a right-handed defenseman. It seems at trade deadline time. So. Um, but I, I think you'll be happy to hear from me. I think he's most likely going to end up with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I think all the rumors you hear, we've been hearing it for weeks now. I think that is the most likely destination and the one that makes, to me, the most sense. Yes, uh, because, yeah, obviously the Leafs need D, although let's let's pull it back here. Four <laughs> games with no Morgan Riley, the Leafs are 4-0. Uh, you know, two of those wins coming against the Blues. And it's, uh, I mean, Austin Matthews has gone off. <laughs> I think he has eight goals in those four games or something like that. <laughs> uh, he's now up to 49 after today's little afternoon bout against the Blues. Scored number 49. So uh, he's well on his way to uh, definitely having a career year. And I, I would venture to guess that 70 goals is... I mean, it's very much in reach, and it is crazy to think that somebody could score 70 goals. 
yeah, in this day and age, it's uh, it's good to see. Um, boy, I I don't think we've seen seventy cents. What Brett Hall? Brett Hall, yeah, yeah, he's the last one to do it. Seventy, boy. what seventy? Or he had eighty-five and eighty-two or something. Like that, right? Yeah, and Timu Solani. I mean, those were the days. But and he was a minus thirty-seven or something. <laughs> no, actually, I think he was a plus, but it wasn't much of a plus. Uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Tanev, I mean, I think what we know is they would like a first-round draft pick. And what we also know is the Leafs don't really have many of those on the horizon. So my guess is that they are going, okay, Toronto. Now, Toronto does have their 2024. They didn't have their – what they didn't use, their 2023 they traded. They traded their 2025. They have no second-round picks until 2027. So, you know, your 2024 first round pick, especially in a year where things are a little iffy, like I don't think we're we're in the conversation of like the Leafs are absolutely cup contenders. I, I don't think we're not. You know, we, we could probably agree that could we see the Leafs getting to the finals if everything went really well for them? Sure. But are they better than the Panthers? No. Are they better than the Bruins? No. Are they better than... Tampa, yeah. I think that that's, you know, they're third in that division. And unless, I, I don't think that Chris Tanev takes them and makes them jump the Panthers. No, no, not at all. But, um, you know, I, I still think, you know, this is a team that can, could seriously outscore opponents if they, if they get into that kind of battle. And as long as they get some decent goaltending and, you know, and whether it's Martin Jones or, or Sam Sonoff, as long as they get decent goaltending, and I or think you know wall, this team hopefully. can just, <laughs> yeah, or Wall. Um, I think that that's ultimately the goal. Although Sam Sonoff has been playing pretty well. Yeah, they could just go off and score six, seven goals a game. Although that's not a recipe yeah. for success in the playoffs. Or nine. Or nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, listen, we we know you know Florida. They they're phenomenal up and down. But you know, with Florida, the one thing that I do worry about is you know. What happens if Bobrovsky reverts back to how he was, you know, a couple seasons ago, right? So that could go downhill for them very quick. And for for Boston, we know about their lack of center depth. So if for some reason, you know, Toronto can kind of figure it out a little bit on defense, get a, a piece like Tanev in there. I mean, they've got the depth up front to outscore almost anybody in the league. And with the addition of Bertuzzi and Domi, I think on that third line, it, it, we could, even though it hasn't really generated a lot of regular season success, I think Bertuzzi is just going to shine in the playoffs. So this could be, you know, a recipe for, you know, a, a Toronto team to maybe make a deep run here. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's these years where you're like, I don't know. Those are the year that you finally pop off and you get your couple series wins and suddenly you're looking at this team totally different. Uh, especially if you go out and you get a Tanev, that really changes your lineup and you can, you can really shuffle guys around to where they should be. Uh, Jake McCabe has had a much better, uh, I'll say, last 25 games as opposed to the first 25 games of the season. Uh, he looks a lot more comfortable. Brody hasn't been the absolute disaster that he was in the first 30 games. Uh, I think he's he's kind of come around a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, Tanev would be a huge addition for the Leafs. I mean, Hannafin would be an even bigger addition. I just don't know you have... You, you want to give up what it would take. Uh, and when it comes to Tanev, though, I think what they're waiting on is some team to go, oh, we'll give you our first-round pick. Because right now, no one's given a first-round pick for Tanev. Otherwise, yeah. he'd be gone already. 
So we know that teams are probably like when I look at the Leafs pick futures, what are they offering? They're offering maybe two third round picks would be my guess. I've heard that it's multiple picks. So maybe it's two third round picks and like a fifth. Well, the other thing you're going to have to think about too, right? Um, you know, I'm sure a team like Calgary is probably asking about Matthew Nyes, uh, maybe Nick Robertson, right? They're 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 asking, not to say that Toronto's going to give those assets up, but the one thing that I think most people forget about a, a deal like this is Toronto's going to need a third team to facilitate and take some money, right? Um, you know, Toronto right now is sitting at 1.3 million dollars in terms of cap space at the deadline, and that's not enough to get Tanev's deal done. So. To me, they're going to need a third team to step in here. And so teams are going to wait as we get closer to deadline and try to milk a fourth, maybe a third round pick out of a, you know, out of Toronto to, to keep 25% of that contract. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's what will have to happen uh, unless they can, you know, unless they move out on another roster player, which at this point, a roster player coming off the defense. You know, I, I guess you do have Klingberg, who's now on LTIR, which which does help. But uh, there's not really anybody that you're like, oh, well, we just got to deal that guy. Like, there's there's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody there who's really going to help. Uh, other than you know, like you, it's not like you want to deal a Connor Timmons, who has been when he's healthy, he's been pretty decent, and he's only a 1.1 million cap hit. You don't want to give up somebody who's cheap and is you've been able to kind of make them productive enough to where they value out of yeah yeah so that that's going to be a tough place to come from the only i mean the ideal world is maybe don't sign ryan reeves to a three-year 1.3 deal but you could also bury him you know at deadline time you just go hey ryan we're we got to send you down to the minors so that we can recoup your money and we'll we'll call you back up in the reg in the playoffs that's probably what you're going to do, right? Like he's, he has not been good. He's been fine. Like at times, you know, he provides that little bit of sandpaper that they need, but he's been very ineffective uh, in general. So I think that's a likely move at the deadline. Uh, it's the only thing I can think of to get them an extra million bucks. And that would do it, probably do it right there. Like that gets you pretty darn close if you're able to send him down. Uh, and all the better if somebody claims him. <laughs> all the better you love it if you, you love it if somebody's willing to claim them um okay all right so tanev maybe to the leafs uh any other team that let's say he doesn't go to toronto what team do you think might be willing to give up a first round pick for chris tanev Ooh, Ooh. might be willing um or i mean I, even the fact that the leafs don't even have a second round pick maybe somebody is willing to give up a second and a third I could see a, a Dallas Star team potentially making a move. I think, you know, they they've been wanting to to find themselves a right-handed shot defenseman because, uh, let's face it, I, in an ideal world you want you know right left right left on on your D pairings and so move Heiskanen back over to his natural side on the left right. So if you can find a guy who can play top four minutes and and give you that production, um, not necessarily from an offensive production standpoint, but that defensive production, so you don't have to rely on a guy like Ryan Suter to play twenty five minutes a night. I think. Uh, Dallas would be great. They'd be a good fit. I know Thomas Harley has been great this year, but, um, you know, again, he's, he's not a guy that I think they want to rely upon on a top line, um, you know, situation against the team's best, you know, Connor McDavid's or, you know, Jack Eichel's in the playoffs. So, uh, Dallas could be a team I could see step in and potentially give up some assets for this. 
And I love that because that would be a very Jim Neal move to make <laughs> where everybody's talking about, oh, this guy's going to go to Toronto. This guy's going to go to like plenty of teams that are maybe a little more like New Jersey, Florida. I've heard Tampa out there for Tanev. Um, all those teams make sense, but it would be a very Dallas move to go, you know what, let's just go grab Chris Tanev like, <laughs> and then go win the cup kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, and Jim Nill has just hit on seemingly everything lately. I mean, look at that Matt Duchesne oh, signing Jeff. 55 points in 54 games. Uh, Dallas is just, you know, they're sneaky good. And they they have just have the sneaky ability to stay in, stay relevant for a much longer time than I think we thought they would. Like when they went to the finals in what, what was that? 2020? Mm-hmm. Couple year. COVID year. Um, that, it kind of seemed like that might be their last, like that group was starting to age out, you know, Sagan and Ben and, and it was like their final thing, kind of like almost like Montreal a little bit was too, where it was, yeah, they're, they're going all the way, like ruining guys, the rest of their career just to play in the finals, i.e. Shea Weber. Uh, and the Dallas stars have like, they essentially rebuilt a brand new team without ever being bad and like constantly being Stanley cup contenders. And now they're probably better than they were that year. That's what drafting will do for you. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and, and honestly, if there's one hole that they have, it's that they don't have that super efficient defenseman that just does everything really well. And you can put anyone with them and they're going to do great. I mean, it's not like Ryan Suter could be that, maybe was that guy at one point. I don't know that he's that guy anymore. You got to protect him a little bit more. Uh, I, I just think Chris Tanev, you're right. I mean, I, I haven't heard Dallas anywhere near Chris Tanev, but I think that it's a fantastic <laughs> observation. And and it wouldn't surprise me. Like, we go to deadline day, and all of a sudden Tanev's a, a Dallas star, and we go, well, of course. It made perfect <laughs> sense. And they do have... You know they've got their first and second round pick this year, no third, third or fourth, uh, but they've got picks in the high rounds. So you know maybe that's a second and a third from Dallas, and uh, maybe you're, I don't know, you just or or Dallas has somebody somebody else that you like uh, who you can build around. So yeah, I I like that move. Uh, let's go to stay with the Calgary Flames. Let's let's go Noah Hannafin because that's obviously a a much bigger move, but a very important player. UFA at the end of the year. Uh, not much difference in terms of salary this year in terms of the cap hit, 4.95. But in terms of the haul, um, you're going to get a whole lot more for Noah Hannafin. And I don't know that you're making that move without having an extension in place. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that's why um, I think Detroit's the team to beat for this, this wow. defenseman right now. Okay. Tell me yeah. why. I, I think it's time for Iserman to say, you know what, this is your year. I believe in you guys. We're taking that next step, right? And the one thing I think Detroit has lacked, they they obviously can score goals, right? They're they're top ten in the league as far as you know goal scoring is concerned. But they just they have Mo Sider, but they don't have that true top defensive or even top four left handed shot defenseman. Um, you know, Gostasphere has been great on the power play, but he's a guy you're not rolling out there in your top four on even strength, right? They've got Simon Edmondson coming, but maybe you bring in a guy like Hannafin so you don't have to rush him. You can still put him on your third pairing or put him on your second pairing and let Hannafin and Mo Sider take a bulk of the minutes. And so 
Um, you know, Detroit has been bad for a while, so they've got a lot of prospects in the cupboard. So you could dangle out a guy like, you know, Marco Casper, who, you know, I think, you know, Calgary would love to get a guy who could potentially be a number two center for them, uh, you know, maybe next year or, or even the year after that. So, and then they've got draft picks. So now you could throw, a, you know, a 2025 first in with that and maybe even go as far as throw a guy like Robbie Fabry in there, right? A guy who just for whatever reason has been great, good in Detroit, but not great. So he just never seems to find his spot in the lineup. So it'd be an easy guy to just jettison. And Calgary, I, I think, would be more than willing to take on that kind of money and a guy who they could flip next year for even more assets. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. Detroit has the the picks, and I think Marco Casper would probably be a guy that they would push to get. I don't know that Eisman's willing to give him up. Uh, I don't know that he should because, I mean, you take what maybe we just talked about the Dallas Stars. Um, they did not go out and trade their top prospects, i.e. Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz. You know, they, they kept those guys around, didn't move them, and lo and behold, they're the stars of the team now. Uh, I think that that's what you're hoping for in Marco Casper. Uh, but using those picks, I mean, if you can, you can kind of... Now, would you be willing to move an, an Edvinson for Noah Hannafin? No. Like, I, like I, a, I, uh, maybe not a one-for-one, one, but like... Evanson and a second round pick or something like that for Noah Hannafin. If Hannafin signed for the next eight years, no, I, 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 you know what? I, I, I don't think that Detroit has. They have other good defensive prospects, but not great ones. And Edmonton, Edvinson is really the only really great defensive prospect they have right now. Um, now I could be wrong, and there's you know a few other guys, maybe a William Wallander, right? Who could you know, or Jared McIsaac could turn out to be a really good. Um, you know, defensive prospect, but right now Edvinson is, he's the cream of the crop, right? And I, I think he's the one guy you're not parting ways with, or that's almost untouchable, not necessarily completely untouchable, but, but he's pretty dang close right now. If, uh, yeah. if I'm Detroit. Yeah. 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 I would agree. I, I don't think, especially even adding Hannafin, the wings aren't winning the cup. I know, no. I know it's nice. They're top 10 in, in scoring in the league. I see them very much as, a similar situation to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, yeah, obviously far different franchises, but you're looking at a team that is doing a lot of scoring by by committee. They've got a lot of nice depth, a lot of second to third line guys sprinkled everywhere in the lineup. And uh, you know, Larkin, fantastic player. Uh, Debrinket's been great. Uh, Patrick Kane has brought a new element when he's healthy. I still see this team as, yeah, they're they're good. Uh, I I don't think they're going to go get swept in the first round either. Like I mean, they're going to take on what probably the Bruins or the Rangers in round one is kind of what it looks like if they make the playoffs. And <laughs> do I see them beating them? No, but I don't see them getting swept. I could see like a six game series and maybe them putting a five spot up on one of those teams in one of those games. So I I don't think that they're in a bad spot. I just don't think that they're ready to take that huge leap and go win a series quite yet against those teams. No, no, no. I agree. And that's why if you're, if you're bringing in a guy like Hannafin, right, you want to sign and trade, you want him extended um, because he is going to be a guy, you know, again, that you want to build around for, you know, that defensive core the next few years. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, all right. Well, final. Uh, well, I guess you, you think Detroit, any other teams where you think that he might end up? 
I could see New Jersey. I think that's the one place where I, I kind of look and go, you know, New Jersey could really use a, a Noah Hannafin. And I think he wants to go to the U.S. Like That would be my knock on Toronto is that they're another Canadian team, and I think he probably wants to go to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey would be a good fit, I think. I mean, again, they, they could use help, and I, I like what they have back there right between uh, Simone Nemich and, and Luke Hughes. Those are all great players, but are they playoff ready? I don't know, right? They're not playoff tested, so – um, you know, Hannafin would be a guy that could bring in that leadership aspect that they maybe lack a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, you get a, a healthy Dougie Hamilton, and suddenly your defense is your one of your strong points. Yeah. Um, you'd, you'd have to give up a lot. I'm thinking, are you willing to give up Jeremy Bratt if you're New Jersey? Because that's probably where it's going to have to – like, you're going to have to take away from that forward group um, in order to get that done. Jesper Bratt? Oh, no way. No. Oh, no way. No, not at all. Okay. I, I I mean, I could see maybe I heard moving his name up. out there for Hannafin. That's why I bring it up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see them potentially moving off a guy like, um, gosh, I don't know if, you know, Calgary's really going to take any UFAs back in this deal. So you'd have to bring somebody with, you know, with some term, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe they get, maybe they get crazy and they, they swing a Timo Meyer, right? And get him out of there. Um, because yeah, he just, he just doesn't seem to be working out for me in but you New Jersey. Kadri. I feel like they're the same, a lot of the same vibe. Like here's a guy who never put up huge numbers, put up big numbers one year. And like they, they both have the same vibe to them, to me, like not quite number one center type of players, but they pretend they are <laughs> like they're definitely so top six forwards, but are they the guys you want leading your team? Yeah, it's uh, oof. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Last Calgary, Calgary Flame, Markstrom. Do you think he gets moved at the deadline? I do. I I, I think Jersey is all but set for this one, in my opinion. I think they had. I mean, they had a deal in place. They asked Markstrom to waive his no trade clause, and he did. And apparently, the deal fell through. Now, I don't know, you know, specific what details were in that. What you know, what pieces were going back and forth, but. Um, I, I got to think they figure out a way to, to get this worked out because um, to me, yes, you know, it, it would be nice if Nico Dawes comes up and is a nice little story, but I'm not counting on any of their goaltenders right now to carry them through the playoffs. And, and with what you have right now, as far as talent up front and on the back end and with a healthy Hamilton, you, you got to do something with that goaltending, in my opinion. He would be huge. And it would be, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that the Devils have made a move with the Flames. They did this last offseason. So, and, uh, you know, the Devils just seem to get their goalies from Western Canada. So, I don't know. Corey Schneider came from the Canucks, and that's uh would be, be a little trend there. Um, okay. The Flames, uh, I you know, I think we'll see probably guys move before, bef like sooner than later. Just they got to get this done and over with, like. Time to time to call this good. That little uh, that little stretch where it was like, oh hey, maybe they can make the playoffs is like, guys, they're not going to make the playoffs. This is one of those like, hey, all the pressure's off. Let's just go have fun. And they had fun for a little bit. And uh, it's yeah, you, know, you can't play like that forever. And uh, this, they're not going to make the playoffs. Time to move on and, and rebuild here in Calgary, uh, like you already started to do. So, <laughs> um, Tarasenko with the Ottawa Senators looks like he's moving on. What's a good fit for Tarasenko? I'll tell you what. I actually um, considered the Blues for a minute because they're they're oh. kind of heating up a little bit. But um, I think the ideal pick for him would be to 
to see him in the, the Carolina Hurricanes uniform. Uh, mm. I really like the possibility of a, a Russian first line with Sveshnikov and Tarasenko with Ajo centering that line. I think that would just be just so much fun to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, you get some hands with the speed. You know, you can Tarasenko wouldn't have to be – he doesn't have to play the speed game at all. He kind of go into the corners and he can uh, you know, he can be that guy who posts up in front of the net like he does and uses his hands. Yep. Good work. Good work. Yep. I like it. And and the thing is, too, is, you know, again, Tarasenko's got a no trade clause, so he picks where he wants to go. But I think you could probably get it done with a, a future first and maybe a, a, a mid to late round pick here. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that it takes much more than a first round pick. I mean, if he gets a first-round pick at all. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, as they get closer to the deadline, I think because, again, he's controlling the cards, um, that could hurt, you know, Ottawa's negotiating power, right, where he wants to go if they want to get anything back from him. So you could potentially see, like, a second- and third-round pick, maybe make it, you know, getting moved for a guy like Tarasenko. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, again, um, Ottawa yeah, doesn't have to do anything. no trade clause, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Ottawa doesn't have to do anything, though, so maybe they just go to him and say, hey, we'll move you where you want to go, but you've got to let us try to, you know, try to squeeze something out of you, right? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Probably My guess, I mean, you know, five million bucks, you're going to have to hold on to two and a half of that. So. And Carolina I, could make it work even with the full five million bucks if they wanted to. Yes, that is true. So I, that's even less assets they have to give up. But you're likely, you know, if you're Carolina and you're trading for Tarasenko, it's probably not your only move. And you're probably no, I, making. They're going to look at a goaltender, I think, too. But we'll see. But, yeah, Tarasenko. I think you're probably in the in the like two second round picks. I, I, I don't know if it's me. I don't know that I'm trading a first round pick for Tarasenko. I really don't. I don't think no. I'm up that. Even if it's 32nd overall, I don't want to give up my – well, if I win the cup, it's okay. But 30, like 30th overall, I, I I just don't think that he's worth giving that up for. Uh, for where he's going to have to slot in your lineup, like you look at good teams, and you're like, all right, well, what's this going to do? Like, Is he really going to play on the top line? Like, yes, it would be cool, an all-Russian first line in Carolina, but is that really where he's going to end up? We don't know. What happens if he ends up on your third line? Are you willing to give up? A first round pick for a third liner, you know, who can who can hop on the power play. I don't know that I am. Like I would rather use that first round pick and and try and honestly, I'd rather have Tanev than for a first round pick than Tarasenko first for, for a little, little lot for a first yeah. round. I don't disagree with you there at all. Um, I guess it just really comes down to again, you know, what teams can afford to bring on that cap hit or who's willing to you know, who's willing to give up that first round pick, right? I mean, is some team going to get desperate enough? Because there are some, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a few of them. There's a few wingers out there that still can produce and score a few goals. Um, but maybe everybody's waiting, right, for for maybe like a guy like Jake Gensel or or even Jordan Eberle, right, to, to get moved first before they really pull the trigger on a Tarasenko. Yeah, the Tarasenko is maybe that like B-level forward or even C-level forward as opposed to, you're right, like a, a Jordan Eberle, Jake Jake Getzel. I mean, obviously, Jake Getzel, if you can trade for Getzel and sign him to an extension, I mean, that's the moneymaker right there. That's If you have Hannafin on defense, you've got Getzel on forward. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just jump into Getzel. Uh, because if he's the first piece that maybe needs to fall, uh, 
and and it certainly doesn't look like the penguins are are going to make any kind of impact here in the playoffs you know it's I don't know if you're the Penguins. I, 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 and and you're Gensel. You got to be looking at this like, I mean, I could re-sign here, and probably make the playoffs half the time. You know, maybe uh, in the next five years, you're gonna make the playoffs three times with this group. Like, you're gonna have some years that are better and some years that are worse, and who knows <laughs> what happens in two years. Um, Crosby's still going hard, but is Crosby gonna be? The best player on the like still a top 10 player in the league in a year or two i i think he's pretty quickly moving down that list uh not for any fault of his own but just i mean there's young new talent coming in the league he's in his late 30s and uh it's just you know it's time for other people to kind of take that gauntlet it doesn't mean that he's not an effective player but can he be the best player should he be the best player on your team anymore if you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender, probably not. Well, the other thing is too is their their prospect cupboards are bare, right? They don't have assets. Um, so is this Gensel move right your way? If you're, you know, if your management and Kyle Dubas to say, you know what, let's let's restock a little bit. Let's get three or four good pieces out of Gensel and move him. Whether he resigns or, you know, takes an extension, a sign and trade or not, just. Move him now, right, to a team that's willing to to pay him. Because if I'm Gensel too, right, that's the other thing, you know. Again, going back to the the prospects coming up, there's not a lot in the cupboards there, so you don't know if you're even going to get any better in the next three to five years, anyways. Yeah. Well, and let's say Gensel wants to sign. If Gens- Jake Gensel wants to sign, I'm signing him. But oh, sure. If he if he's you know trying to squeeze me for ten million bucks, I'm not giving Jake Gensel ten million bucks. We all saw what happened to Jonathan Huberdeau. Right. I'm, I'll give him eight times eight and call it good. Yeah, and I think probably on the open market he could get more. Probably looking at nine, nine. nine. Like, yeah. I, I'm yeah, because you're looking at probably you know what did Nylander sign for eleven? I I don't think you're you're putting where do you where do you go J- Gensel Nylander like Nylander is definitely a, a little notch above, but not too far above Gensel. Uh, I think the difference is it seems like Gensel has always played with really good players, whereas so Nylander. Nylander has, but Nylander is also like he's not the one playing with Matthews and Marner all day long. He's playing with all the other guys that they just continually rotate out with them. Uh, I mean, hey, good players play with other good players, right? It's it's not always a not a fair thing to say. Well, he's he plays with other good players. Well, so does so does Crosby, so does Malkin, so does McDavid. The best player in the world plays with the other best player in the world. So uh, yeah. I think if where do you think Gensel goes? I mean, that's it's probably the hardest one for me to nail down. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. But so there was one team though that you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, right? Making a splash. It's kind of his mo. I could see Dallas making a play, and maybe if they do like an extension, a sign and trade, they could move a guy like Ty Delandria out to make this happen and make it worth Pittsburgh's. You know, make it worth their while to to pull the trigger on this, wow. and. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, you know, again, when when Joe Pa's slowly aging out, I mean, whenever that's going to happen, when he's 45, 50 years old, who knows? But now you can slowly put Jake Gensel back up on that top line to to fill his spot, and and you don't have to really worry about that top line slowing down at all. Yeah, no, I I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a great spot. Uh, I think 
you you wonder would Pittsburgh be willing to trade in the division? You know, I that would be a, a big question mark for me. Like, of course, I could see like the Islanders could use a guy like Jake Ginsel. Yes, uh, someone who can actually just go, you know, give me the puck. I can I can shoot it from somewhere on the ice and act and score. Like, we don't need to grind, 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 grind for every goal. Jake Gensel can actually just score because he has a great shot. Uh, uh, yeah, that's. I, I just wonder if they would be willing to trade in division. Um, if not, I could also see Gensel being a really good piece in Minnesota, but I don't know that Minnesota can do it right now. Yeah, that's tough with their cap situation. So, well, yeah, that, that one, give me your uh, percent. Like, what, what chances do you think that he's dealt at the deadline? I'll go 35%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, so you think there's a good chance he resigns in Pittsburgh? No, I think there's a good chance it just goes to the offseason where they want to keep him because they're just hovering below that playoff bubble, right? And so, you know, of course, keeping him as your trade deadline acquisition if you're Pittsburgh, but it just kind of bombs, they fail, and then we go into the offseason and nope. Bye. Well, that'd be very Kyle Dubas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very Kyle Dubas. Um, okay. Let's uh Let's move right along here to uh, to our next UFA. Let's well, let's go UC Saros. Ooh, uh, his name has been out there. The Predators are. I mean, it's not as if they're you know, so far out of the playoffs by any means, um, but they have been struggling as of late. Uh, you know, Barry Trotz coming out and kind of saying like, "We gotta, we we need to be better. Like, we we need to play this more responsible game. We need to actually come out and." and try for our fans, uh, I think is telling. And it does make me wonder, you know, is, I mean, he'd be the biggest, the biggest get on the Predators and he would provide a ton of extra assets. He's a UFA in two years, uh, makes 5 million this season and next year. What do you think about UC Saros getting dealt at the deadline? Oh, um, I, I more or less, I'm probably... 80% that he's going to get dealt in the offseason versus at the deadline. But the one team that I looked at when 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 you started mentioning it, right, because whenever I look at trade deadlines, I always typically tend to go like guys from the West are going to end up in the East and vice versa. But I could really see because of the whole situation, and I don't know what's going on with it, with Carter Hart, I yes, could see I was the same like thing. Philly. Yeah. yeah. They yes. could squeeze him in, and they could potentially move a guy like Urson back the other way. Or yeah, which which Nashville wouldn't be super mad about. Um, yeah, I I would wonder though. This this is this would be the difficulty. Well, you're Philadelphia. You're definitely still in a rebuild, even though you're about to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the issue for me would be well, there's no guarantee that this guy stays past next season. So you would have to get some serious buy-in somehow like it's almost better to trade for a guy who's a ufa at the end of the year because you could re-sign him right like you could sign him to an extension but you can't sign soros to an extension and i think that that's actually what's going to hold this up to the offseason as well is that if you're going to trade for him you want to know that an extension's in place if you're going to give up the kind of assets that nashville is going to be asking for yeah i mean he's going to be 29 when he's eligible for you know to, to re-sign so of course you could get this guy signed for you know a six-year extension till he's 35 if you wanted to so yeah I, I agree with you I think this will probably run into the offseason just because again I think it's just it's a big gamble for a guy like UC Saros to 
to make sure that he stays there because you're going to pay a pretty penny. I mean, I know the goaltending market isn't what it used to be, but for guys like that that have Vesna trophies and they're, they're clear-cut number ones when you don't have like a number one B where you know you're going to do like a, a you know, a Swayman Allmark situation, it's uh, it's going to cost you a few bucks. Hey, how about Timo Meyer for UC Saros? Uh, I don't know if Barry Trotz is down for that, but uh, I don't know if Timo Meyer is the defensive guy that I think Trotz would love to have, but um, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. But I mean, it would solve your goaltending problems real quick for, well, maybe what if it was like Timo Meyer and a first round pick for Saros? Oh, I don't think New Jersey would do that. <laughs> no, no. I think there's cheaper options than giving up a, a rust. I mean, don't get me wrong. Meyer's, Timo Meyer hasn't worked out very well, but he's still well, yeah, a service. You yourself of $8.8 million. Yeah, but does uh, now I don't know what Nashville wants is would want his uh, his contract, but I mean, hey, yeah. you bring him in, and suddenly you've got a guy who can uh, maybe just needs a different uh, a change of scenery. It's just obviously not working in New Jersey, but uh, he's not that far from, removed from good seasons. I mean, last year, so uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting interesting thought. Although I could see a little bit of backlash because he just signed an eight year deal. And then to try and go and flip the guy is sort of rude. A little, you know, it's a little rude. Like you're not even going to give me one year to get my my bearings and figure out myself here. Like I don't know. Yeah, like do you want to give up on a team Meyer that quickly? Would be the other side of it. But hey, for UC yeah. Saros, if the Devils had UC Saros, suddenly they're uh, they're a different team. <laughs> they're a much different team. Uh, it's funny that last year they made the playoffs and their goaltending was good, and we all went, oh, see, they're good. And then their goaltending was bad again. So either they have bad goaltending or there's something really wrong with their system because their goalies can't seem to play well in front of this team or behind this team. Just a thought. Um, speaking of the Devils, a former Devil, Adam Henrique, where do you think he's going? On the Anaheim Ducks, of course. Oh, I, I see Colorado overpaying for a guy like this just because they need a second-line center so badly. I mean, Ryan Johansson, I think two games ago, got bumped all the way down to the fourth line. Uh, so that tells you how much or how well it's working out in Colorado for him right now. So they need somebody to man that second-line center position. They can't find it. And and really, because the, the center market is so bare, they're going to overpay. They're going to at least give up a first-rounder for Adam Henrique. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yes. Uh, I think you might be able to get away with a second round pick for Henrique because I don't know that anyone else out there is, is asking, like, is anyone else out there saying, let's give up a first round pick for Adam Henrique? I don't think so. I don't know if they're willing to give it up, but if you want Adam Henrique, because he is a guy who can play all four positions, he's so good offensively. I mean, not so good offensively, but he's so good defensively and good offensively. He's very good at draws. Um, he's a Swiss Army knife that I think a lot of teams are going to covet, especially guys like or teams like maybe Minnesota. Um, you know, you could even see I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see if Tampa Bay or Vegas are in on a guy like him, too. But um, yeah, so it might might end up being like a bidding war for a guy again because that center market is so bare. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I guess if it's me, I'm willing to give up a couple third round picks for Henry. That's probably where I stop. Uh, well, and, and if I'm Colorado, I know Colorado needs help at the center position. Uh, man, it's hard for me to look at Colorado and see a team that's going to win the cup this year. 
I don't it's know. Tough. I don't like go and trade for Adam Henrique. Are they all of a sudden cup contenders? I don't think so. I, I think Colorado, well, they'll make moves. I think the moves that they, they need to make are going to be much more future moves than a move right now. Actually, so, here's, so here's the thing, though. They potentially could get Landeskog back in the second round. Um, say you get Nachushkin back at some point, right, too. All of a sudden, you get two top six guys. You bring in Adam Henrique. You figure out your second-line center spot. Now this team doesn't look so bad with that defense, and maybe yeah. if Gorgiev can figure it out. Okay. All right. Yeah, they just yeah. got to get to the second round. You just got to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just got to beat what it's either going to be Dallas or Winnipeg or yeah, that's going to be the the tough part. You yeah. got to beat Hellebuck, <laughs> and that's not going to be an easy task. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Where else can we go? Let's do uh, Jordan Eberle. Because mm. we uh, we'll do a couple more. Jordan Eberle, the Seattle Kraken. He's uh, you know one of the many OGs for the. Uh, the crack in there and in the expansion draft, he has a $5.5 million cap hit and he's a UFA at the end of the year. He does have a no trade clause. He submits a 16 team, no trade clause. So that's a pretty sizable. We have to league. Uh, where do you think Jordan Eberle ends up? I think he's going home to Edmonton. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Corey Perry has been a, a great story, a good signing, but he's not a top line guy, right? I don't want him riding, you know, right side with Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid. I want him on that third line with, you know, you know, Warren Fogel or, you know, Matthias Janmark, Sam Gagne, you know, Dylan Holloway. I want him in that bottom six, right? Because that's where he is most valuable, in my opinion, is to provide that depth scoring where you chip in once every, you know, two or three games, you get that just timely goal like he did in Tampa. Um, that's where I want him. And I would love to see a guy like Eberle on that top line. He can still skate. He's responsible defensively, and he can still move the puck and shoot. So, I mean, he's due for a race, so he's not getting extended or he's not going to be there, you know, longer than the season. But I think, you know, he's familiar with the city. He's familiar with the town. It would be a great story. I think they would love to have him back. And yeah. and I don't think it's going to cost more than, you know, maybe a second-round pick and, you know, maybe a late-round pick with it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it would be – Really, Jordan Eberle is one of those moves that any team that's going to go walk into the playoff that needs any kind of forward depth should be looking at. It's it really the only number that's going to be scary is even half the, half his number is is still two point seven five million, um, right. which is a lot for a, for many of these teams to fit under the cap. So you're almost certainly talking about a second team, which still only is going to bring it down to just under one point four which I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a lot of teams that even that is pushing it, uh, especially if they're going to go out and grab a defenseman, which it seems like any team that's going to contend for the cup always goes out and trades for one defenseman. You know, you just got to you gotta build the cupboards a little more for the defenseman uh, walking into the playoffs because you know someone's getting hurt. Uh, but Jordan Everly would be a great pickup for any team, and I think you're right. I think you're probably in and around a third, maybe a second-round pick, toss in a fifth to, to sweeten the deal. But uh, granted, you're going to have to give up that fifth round pick to someone else to take that extra money as well. So uh, I I would like the move. I think there's a lot of teams that could use Eberly, the New York Islanders included, which you know, was the team that uh, he left. I don't know if he, you know, is he willing to go back to New York? I would guess that he would be. Uh, he had kind of revitalized his career there in New York. So wouldn't be the worst place uh, either for him. 
Um, let's do one more. Ooh. You want to do what, Anthony Duclair? Let's do it. Okay, Anthony Duclair. Uh, I mean, it hasn't really uh, you know, hasn't been great there in San Jose, but uh, I think he's he's probably wishing that he could be on a on a team that's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, after after what he experienced in Florida, any chance he goes back to Florida? There's a slight chance. Um, I'm not, you know, I would maybe put that at like five percent. I I think, you know, again, um, you know, he he pairs well with with Alexander Barkov, but I think that you know they they've got a good thing going on right now. And if I'm Florida, I'm not trying to really, you know, upset that forward group too much. Um, you know, maybe you get a bottom six guy, but I think they're more or less focused on defense in Florida. Maybe but a Parabonov over a yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. Although he's a guy you know. I mean, that's something that you can't write off is that if you, you know a guy works in your system, not a horrible get. True, right? But I, I think the way he, um, you know, again, fit with, with Barkoff, right? If you decided that that was the guy you wanted to target, even if you want to bring him in and start him off on your third line, uh, you know, with maybe, you know, Anton Lundell or something. If for some reason, right, they, you know, things are, aren't really going so well in your top line, you can move Duclair up and you know he's going to, you know, have quick chemistry with a guy like Barkov. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I look at Duclair and I looked exactly to a team that I think needs a right winger more than anybody else, and that's the New York Rangers. Uh, they lose Blake Wheeler for the season, right? We don't know, uh, you know, Capo Caco. I'm not sold on him as far as the top six guy is yet. Uh, Alex Lafreniere has looked really good with Panarin and Trocek, so I'm not breaking that up. But, uh, you know, Duclair is a guy who I think can skate and still play. Um, so he could be with, you know, pair up pair up with Kreider and Zabinajab and, you know, maybe finally, you know, find a guy in the right wing that, you know, could play well with that top line. Now, uh, to his credit, you know, Blake Wheeler has looked good, uh, you know, his last you know, dozen and a half games, but again, he's, he's out for the year. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's, if, you know, his injury is going to let him come back this, you know, playoff, but I think they, they have to find something now instead of waiting on it because a team like Carolina, for example, is going to start creeping up on you pretty quick. Yep. And uh, not to mention like New Jersey's getting healthy again. Like there, there's, there's some movement happening and, and the Rangers, I, I won't say the Rangers are fortunate to be where they are because I think they're probably right around where they should be. I think we thought that they would be one of the top two teams in the division, but uh, there are, there are definitely some teams getting healthy in the Metro. So uh, they, they probably, and they, and other teams that will make moves at the deadline. Um, one more name, because I think that he might be the sneakiest name of them all and might make the biggest difference at deadline for forwards. And that is Vetrano, Frankie Vetrano ducks. Uh, he's been scoring real well this year. On a on a garbage dumpster fire team, uh, you know, when you talk about the Rangers. There's one more, yeah, one more yep. winger. You can't get Duclair. I mean, there's the the upside is that there's several of these guys that you could go out and grab, and it would probably be a good fit. So that should drive the cost down a little bit. Um, but I think Frank. Thing I like about Vitrano is he is an he is one of those guys who could just score from anywhere. He has the puck. He's got the shot to do it. He's one of the few guys who I'd say is like he's more of that like specialty um, middle six type of player. You, know, you can play on the third line. You can bump him up and, and have him play kind of up in your top six. But he really can score from anywhere, and uh, it just takes one shot from him. He's got a he's got an elite level shot, uh, and sometimes in the playoffs that's what you need to win. You know, you get a guy who can just rip one and he scores a few like that, and uh, you know that. 
that's what helps you move on. So, uh, Frank Vetrano, any any idea where you think he might go? Yeah, Rangers could be a good fit. I could also see him going back to Florida, right? He spent five years there um, before getting dealt to the Rangers in 21-22. But, um, gosh, outside of those two teams, I mean, maybe the New York Islanders, right, take a stab at him. But um, the nice thing is, is he's signed for another year, right, at 3.6. So if you get a guy who could put up 50 points, 25 goals for $3.6 million, yeah. there's a lot of teams that could, you know, pull the trigger on a guy like this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think – when it comes to Vetrano, because he signed in the next year, you may be willing to uh, to shuffle out a roster player who's not working for you and bring him in. Uh, which you know, not that not that New York is going to go and give up Capo Caco for Vetrano uh, alone, but you know maybe there's a Adam Henrique and Vetrano for Capo Caco, and you can bring those two guys in. They're hungry and and they provide you with a ton of depth, and you can kind of wash your hand. Maybe you need Anaheim throws in a, a draft pick as well, uh, but if Anaheim walks away and has a guy who's a former second and overall pick, and maybe a revitalize revitalization project, you know you might be talking about a a match made in heaven. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If I'm a team and I can fit them under the cap, and Anaheim again, they've got pieces to move, but Silverberg would be another really good name. I think he's just. He's so good at both ends of the ice, even though he's not producing offensively. I think he would be somebody else I would take a, a little peek at too, even though again it's kind of pricey as far as big money. Yeah, wise. you have to you have to get that money knocked off twice for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but it's doable. Yeah, for for a third round pick and for a guy who can kill penalties. You know, if your mm -hmm. team is looking for somebody who can kill penalties, he's uh, he's in that conversation. All right. Uh, well, you know, trade deadline's coming up in two and a half weeks, so we'll keep on uh, hitting the pavement finding out more about what's going on with these trades. And as they as they come out, we'll uh, analyze those as well. You can find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts? Nope. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks to our listeners for listening, and we will chat with you soon.